1: Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd.
2: Ephesians chapter 2. I'm trying to work my way through verse 10 today, but I want to read through some of this to kind of keep it in context because it's all interrelated. And as you begin in Ephesians 2, we're talking about who you were before Christ. For the Christian, this is past tense, for the man who's not yet received him as Lord and Savior, this is present tense. And he says, And you, that is you, Christian, He made alive when you were dead, slain by your trespasses and sin, in which at one time you walked habitually. You were following the course and fashion of this world, were under the sway and tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power of air. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. Among these, we, as well as you, once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by our corrupt sensual nature, obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind, our cravings dictated by our senses and our dark imaginings. We were then, by nature, of God's wrath and heirs, of His indignation like the rest of mankind. That's who we were. But in verses 4 through 6, He's going to talk about our present life with Him. All of the things in verse 3 were certainly true about us, though we may not have fully recognized it, until that grace appeared, just like in the song. What it means is that grace was presented to us and it was revealed to us the truth of our condition. That we were living death. That the life that we had was completely without God and without hope. That we walked as slaves to sinful passions, to the direction of this world, to the coaxing and the orders of the prince of the power of the air. That is, the evil one himself had complete sway in our lives. Without Jesus, we were hopeless. Without Jesus, we were completely lost and dark. Even in our thinking... Our darkened minds and our imaginations and our, our, our intellect was totally corrupted and void of wisdom. But we had no balance or truth within us. So what looked like white to us was actually black. And what looked like black to us was actually white. We were completely twisted in our understanding. We were hopeless. But we moved to the verse... Verse 4. But God. But God. So rich is He in His mercy. Because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which He loved us. And we'll follow. But God intervene in order to satisfy the intense love with which he loved us now that's the Amplified taking that apart and blowing it open for you so that you can kind of get a small glimpse of the passion of the heart of God can you picture almighty God so deeply and passionately in love with you that he comes down in the middle of this corrupted creation a creation that he created for himself to love, to care for, to nurture, to keep to himself. This creation had become so wicked and so perverse and so distorted and so ugly in its actions and in its presentation that God says, I can't let them go. I have a plan for them. I created them for myself. But God, in the midst of it, he interrupted you. He interrupted you with grace. He interrupted your life with Himself. And here's the thing, guys. This is the truth of evangelism. It is a passionate, loving, almighty God stepping into a darkened, totally corrupt, depraved soul and touching it with the finger of light and love and saying... I want you. I want you. You didn't receive God with your intellect. You didn't receive God with your understanding. You didn't receive God because of the type of tract that was read to you or the presentation that was given to you of the gospel. You received God because of the compassionate and loving and desirous touch of the Savior who said, I want you for my own. That is why you received Him. And you said yes. Did you understand it? Come on. Did any of us really understand it? Did we really understand all that was ours in that moment? And we said yes. And suddenly we're alive. We're alive with the senses of a live man who now can live life as a live man, who now has eyes to see. To see what? It was all here before. Oh, but now we see the glory and the grace of God. It appears to us ears to hear did we hear before oh but we did not hear the voice of the spirit of God as he speaks lovingly assuringly bringing us into truth moment by moment step by step feeling oh we felt the corruption of the world we felt the hard cold grasp of our addictions but we never felt the warmth of the love that we felt when we received him that embrace we're feeling like a live man now we received His life. It changed us. But God, but God, when we were living in total darkness, blind to the cause of our suffering, living as enemies of God, but God. Even when we were dead, verse 5, we were we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses. He made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ Himself, the same new life with which He quickened Him. For it is by grace... His favor and mercy, which you did not deserve, that you are saved, delivered from judgment and made partakers of salvation. In spite of all that we were, all that we did, in spite of our condition, He reached down and made us alive. There was no natural hope for us only a supernatural change. We had to be born again. He made us alive. That verse says, He made us alive. But is there a period there? Is there even a comma there? That's just the first part of the sentence. He's going to tell us why and how He made us alive. He made us alive what? Together in fellowship And in union with Christ. If you miss that, you miss the truth of the gospel. That He didn't just give you a life. He brought you in fellowship and in union with Himself. He raised you up in union with Him. What happened? You got His life. You received His life. We don't live by ourselves. We don't live sometimes with and sometimes without. We can no more live apart from Christ than the branch can survive apart from the vine. It won't work. There is an essential need for us. It is for life and He is that life. You remove Him and you have no life. And you can't remove Him. Because now, his life has become your life. Just as flour and milk are mixed to bake a cake, and you can't remove the milk from the flour or the flour from the milk, his life is mixed, intertwined, part of your very being now. You can ignore it. You can live like it never happened. You can believe a lie about what he did and how he did it and what he's doing now. And you'll miss the truth of what you've received you're in fellowship with Him. He raised you up in fellowship with Himself. Not we're going to be in fellowship. The first thing a lot of people will, will try to figure out is what they got to do to get in fellowship. You were made alive. You were born into fellowship with Him. Now, Christian, I've heard the term, fall out of fellowship. Well, if you fall out of fellowship, you fell out of life. You can't fall out of fellowship. Not as far as he's concerned. But you can turn your back on truth and act like he doesn't love you and believe a lie. But you know what? His life is in fellowship with yours whether you recognize it or not. That's the critical part you need to understand. Because the whole of the enemy's work in the Christian's life, about the Christian's life, is to make you think that somehow you can not attain his love, his favor, and maintain a relationship with him. And it is a lie straight from the pit of hell. You can sin, Christian, but you can't break that fellowship. You are in union with him you are vitally and necessarily Joined in harmony with Christ. Ephesians 2.21 speaks of the church this way, but you are the church. It says, In Him the whole structure is joined, bound, welded together harmoniously, and it continues to rise and grow and increase into a holy temple in the Lord. A sanctuary dedicated, consecrated, sacred to the presence of the Lord. Do you know that you're sacred to the presence of the Lord? When he speaks of the church, he's not talking about this building. He's talking about you. When he says united, welded, molded together, essential a part of, of the church itself, he's talking about you. You're joined. And it's by necessity because his life must flow through the very ends of the fingers, not just at the heart every portion of the body of Christ receives the ebb and flow of the heart of Christ because they receive His life. It is impossible to separate it. He resurrected us in love. He could have resurrected a slave that was to be conformed by, to obedience by the Master's whip. He could have resurrected someone who lived in a congenial relationship. He could have resurrected someone who lived his life partly in his presence. But no, he resurrected not a slave, but a slave by choice. Only by choice. He resurrected a child. A child in vital union with himself. That's what he resurrected. That's what you are. You see, the, the the lie and the deception for the Christian, the thing that brings death into his life, is when he tries to join himself to something other than Jesus. When he believes that union is, is something else other than Jesus. That fulfillment is something other than Jesus. For He is the ebb and flow of life, and anything that I embrace without Him, without His life within me, without His life directing me, becomes death to me. I can't find life anywhere else. Can you? Can we be honest? Can you? Have you? I'm up here talking about this stuff because it's life, it's real, it's truth, and it's the only way I know to live, and I know it's life and truth for you. It is freedom. It is deliverance. It is hope. It is joy. It is what this life is about. It is the truth of how we were meant to live, and it is so far beyond the petty problems of this world and the persecution that the evil one might bring and the things that you might have to turn down that it is incomprehensible I am talking about a life that gives you joy no matter where you're at verse 4 says he is rich in mercy you know what mercy is mercy is when you don't get what you deserve when you deserve a good beating and you don't get it (laughs) when you deserve to go to jail and you don't when you deserve to die and you're allowed to live that's mercy mercy is when you deserve punishment and you do not receive it talks about his grace you know what grace is grace is when you get something you don't deserve you didn't deserve to live but you did you didn't deserve to have a, a loving wife but you do you didn't deserve to have wonderful children but you do you didn't deserve to have your next meal but it'll be there You didn't deserve to have breath and health and all of the things, but you got it. But that's just talking about temporal things. Here's the greatest thing. You could never earn the intimate relationship you have with Jesus. You could never earn the love, the care, the compassion that He has for you. You could never earn all that He wants to give you in His life. You could never earn the abundance in the relationship that you have with your Lord and Savior. You couldn't earn it. You couldn't get it. You couldn't buy it. You couldn't work for it. It is by grace that you have it. Justice. We know what that is. That's when you get exactly what you deserve. Does anybody here really want justice? I tell you, justice was taken care of at the cross. Every bit of it. And now you are justified. You know what that means? Just as if I never sinned. That's the definition of justified. You are justified on the cross. Christ, that God laid on Christ every sin of every man that will ever be born, ever was born, ever was created. Every wickedness, every ugliness. He laid on the ugliness and the wickedness of men like Hitler. He laid all of the filth and the wickedness of man upon the, upon the body of our Lord Jesus there on the cross. Jesus died for every man. It's right here, folks. Every man. He died for the sins of the whole world. He took away all of the reasons man would have for rejecting Him. And in nothing but pure, unadulterated love, He laid his life down, and he said, Come unto me, please, if any man would believe in me and receive me unto himself. You see, the burden that's on us is to receive. Not just to receive salvation unto eternity, but to receive his love and life moment by moment. We get grace and mercy from the cross. Justice was done through the cross. Reminds me of a story I've heard preachers tell before. You may have heard, and if you have, you can go to sleep. About the lady who was going to have a portrait done of herself. And so she uh, contracted a photographer, and he took a bunch of pictures of her. And then he, she went to the photographer's studio, and she's looking at the proofs, and she looked at this one, and she goes, hmm. Those are down, looks the next one, says, hmm. Those are down, looks the next one, says, hmm. Those are down. She wasn't satisfied with them. But she looked up at him and she said, These pictures don't do me justice. He looked at her and he said, Lady, you don't need justice. You need mercy. And that's the truth. We need mercy. We needed mercy. And we still need mercy. And mercy flows freely from the throne. We are receiving that mercy moment by moment. Verse 4 says, it is because of his great intense love. He says it's great, and in your translation it may just say, because of his great love. Listen, do you think God exaggerates? No. No. Or do you believe that when God calls something great, that His standard might be just a little bit above ours? Just a little bit? When He calls it great, it's incomprehensibly great. Incomprehensibly great love for us. Intense passion for us. So that we might be saved. Verse 5 says, it is by grace that we have been saved. We We have been made alive with Christ, delivered from sin and death. Remember, Christian, you're never going to die. You're going to dump that earth suit at some point, and many of us will be glad to be rid of it. But the truth is that the life that is within you never disappears. You're not a vapor. You're not a spark of light. The truth is that you are God's creation for Himself. To enjoy, not just for this little brief moment on earth, but to enjoy for eternity. No beginning, no end, forever and ever. Did you hear what I said? You're God's creation for Him to enjoy for eternity. Does it sound like He just wanted a bunch of minions? What God is, is love, and He created you to receive and return the whole of His character in love through His Son, Jesus Christ. You're not going to die. You deserve to die. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin pays, the wages sin pays is death. That's the wages of pay. Sin punishes sin. It pays debt. But the bountiful, free gift of God is eternal life through, in union, with Jesus Christ. You didn't just receive a card and pat on the popo and sent off. You received Him. Life. He said, we have been saved from our disobedience. We used to be slaves to the world, but not any longer. It's said in John 15:19: "If you belong to the world, the world would treat you with affection, and you would love it, as it as its, and would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, no longer one with it, I have chosen, selected you out of this world. The world hates and detests you." Is it very clear that you, child of God, are not of this world? Do you wonder why you can't enjoy it? Do you wonder why the world can't enjoy you? We, we ignore the obvious. We ignore, we we find ourselves miserable, and somehow we want to either saddle ourselves or God with it, and we say, you know, God, if you could just give me this, God, if you could just give me that, God, if you could just give me a bigger chunk of this world. Just give me more world. Give me another slice of that world. I need some more world, Lord. How much world can I get? And I like world with lots of icing. Could you just give it to me with a big, give me a corner slice of world. And it is making you sick unto death. And you think it's because you're not getting enough. I'm telling you, you're only suited for one nourishment. You have food that you know not of. It is Jesus. It is Him. But thanks be to God. Though you were once slave to sins, you have become obedient with all your heart to the standard of teaching in which you were instructed and to which you were committed. Did you read that? That's Romans 6.17 in the Amplified. It says, You have become obedient with all your heart. What is the truth of your heart? What does the enemy tell you? Oh, you're sorry. Sinner saved by grace. Barely getting by What does the Bible tell you? What is the truth of your heart? Obedience. Obedience is your nurture. It's what suits you. Listen, Jesus said, apart from me you can do what? So what do you think obedience is? Do you think it's you doing something? (laughs) Do you see the truth of obedience? It's Him doing something. You were created for Him and Him to work through. And that is the truth of obedience. And it nurtures you. It grows you. It sustains you. It continually reaffirms your faith as you see something coming from you that can't be explained by virtue of your flesh. A joy that transcends circumstance.
1: Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life, moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you.